from KQED. You're listening to Queued Up. I'm Sandhya Dirks. Over the past year at Queued Up, we've brought you stories from around the Bay Area and California. Well, now I am passing the Queued Up baton to Ryan Levy. Hey, Sandhya. Hi, Ryan. So tell us a little bit about what you're going to be bringing us. So there is so much news happening um, all the time, and a lot of it, even folks like us who are in the news business, it can be easy to tune out. Um, and so what we're going to be doing on Queued Up from now on is bringing you some of those stories you may have missed during the week, especially those really good local Bay Area stories that are important to our listeners, important to their lives. So with that, here's Ryan Levy, the new host of Queued Up. Ryan, take it away. The story I want to bring you this week is about a law a lot of people might not have heard of. The Community Reinvestment Act, or CRA, is an important law that encourages banks to make loans and investments. Now, I know bank loans and community reinvestment sound about as uninteresting as it gets, but stay with me. This law, and the story you're about to hear, they get at why racial inequalities are still so prevalent in our communities. And it all goes back to something called redlining. I'll admit that before this, I didn't really understand what redlining was, and it was one of those things that I was too embarrassed to ask about because I knew I should know about it. But thanks to this story by KQED's Morning Edition anchor Brian Watt, now I know. I'll let Brian take it from here. The Trump administration has made it a priority to roll back government regulations on everything from the environment to the Internet. One of the laws now targeted for reform is the Community Reinvestment Act. So you're probably wondering, what is the Community Reinvestment Act? It may be one of the most impactful laws that people have never heard of. That's Kevin Stein with the California Reinvestment Coalition. He explains that the Community Reinvestment Act, or CRA, is a set of regulations that pushes banks to invest in low-income communities. CRA has been law for 40 years now. And since the Trump administration wants to change it, we wanted to know if it's worked. So I decided to go to Oakland's Fruitvale Village. So I'm standing right near the Fruitvale BART station, and I've brought an old map of the area with me. It's from August of 1937. There were maps like these for cities all across the country. And this one comes with a list of what they called the favorable influences in the Fruitvale and the detrimental influences. So here's what this map says was bad about Fruitvale. Odors from industries. Predominance of foreign inhabitants. Infiltration of Negroes and Orientals. You know, whenever I read this language, I stay speechless, right? That that the government would have had policies such as this that so disadvantaged people by the basis of race and occupational status and these other factors. That's Carolina Reed, professor of city planning at UC Berkeley. And that's right, a government agency made those maps. They were actually part of an effort to increase loans to people in cities to help recover from the Great Depression. Some areas were considered good investments, and some, like this one around Fruitvale, were ranked as bad investments. The bad areas were colored red on the maps. It's where we get the term redlining. So these neighborhoods outside of Fruitvale Village and Fruitvale in general were redlined in the 1950s and 60s, which means that these neighborhoods were denied access to credit because the federal government refused to guarantee mortgages and other loans that were being made in these neighborhoods. 
This policy of redlining helped to facilitate the disinvestment and the growing poverty in neighborhoods like Fruitvale because we saw white flight to the suburbs and then we saw the families that were remaining not being able to access credit to buy a home to invest in a small business. In the 1960s, as protests raged about a lot of issues, this was one of them. There were activists in Chicago who saw that banks in their community were refusing to lend and invest in those community members and in those community assets. And so they really pushed on the banks and a senator named William Proxmire to say, if we want to stem urban disinvestment, if we really want to undo the negative effects of redlining, we need the banks to put in investments and loans in these same places. And this push led to the passage of the Community Reinvestment Act in 1977. Part of what it does is encourage banks to work with local community groups to find opportunities for loans or investments in services that can actually help a struggling community. And that's where this guy comes in. Uh, my name is Chris Iglesias and I'm the Chief Operating Officer of the Unity Council, which is a 53-year-old community development corporation. The nonprofit Unity Council worked with banks to invest in Fruitvale Village when it was first built in 2004. In exchange for their investments, banks got credit for complying with the Community Reinvestment Act. You know, it wasn't necessarily out of the goodness of their heart, but I think this is, became a much more viable option for them under this program. And, and you know, we've taken advantage of that. Now, Fruitvale Village is a development with 47 units of housing, restaurants, and small businesses. And the investments from banks didn't just help build this place, they helped the Unity Council fund community services like a health clinic, job training, and Head Start. Sylvia Guzman's three kids came through this Head Start program. She first learned about it when she was just 16 years old with a young daughter at home. A family advocate approached her mother after church one Sunday. My mom came home and she told me, and I said, well, I don't think we need childcare. And she says, no, honey, this is not childcare. You know, this is school oriented. They will teach her, they will guide her. She will learn her numbers. She will learn um, how to write. She enrolled her daughter, Gloria, in the program. When she did, she sat down with a staffer assigned to her family. She quickly realized this was about more than just her daughter. She said, oh, we should build goals for yourself. I said, wait a minute, <laughs> let's build goals for Gloria. She said, no, we're about the family as well. What do you want? Guzman now serves on the board of the Unity Council and educates other parents in the neighborhood. This is my ground, this is my roots, and this is where my children played, and this is where my children get their education and their services are met, and I shouldn't have to go elsewhere if I have that at home. So for people like Sylvia Guzman and places like Fruitvale, the Community Reinvestment Act has made a difference. But it's not perfect. The Bay Area is struggling with an epic shortage of affordable housing. And housing advocates say that banks can and should be doing more to help. Kevin Stein with the California Reinvestment Coalition has some ideas. Perhaps do more work with nonprofits who can buy buildings that are at risk of being flipped uh, due to market pressures so that people who've been living in the Bay Area for a long time can continue to live in the Bay Area because when people get evicted, as you know, it's very hard for them to find places to go. And Stein argues the Community Reinvestment Act could be tougher and penalize banks more for what he calls bad behavior, like making loans to real estate investors who purchase buildings and then evict longtime tenants. 
but that would mean strengthening the CRA. And since the Trump administration prefers deregulation, Kevin Stein doubts that's going to happen. His coalition is watching to see what changes to the law the Treasury Department will propose in the coming weeks. We're expecting that the, there will be efforts to dilute and weaken CRA and its impact on the community, and we're getting ready to fight that. And while they get ready, in Oakland, Phase 2 of the Fruitdale Village project is now under construction. This time, there's a major focus on affordable housing. Out of 275 rental units, 94 will be affordable family homes. 20 will be reserved for formerly homeless veterans. Another investment in a community that still desperately needs it. That piece was reported by KQED's Morning Edition anchor, Brian Watt, and produced by Erica Kelly. What was your favorite recent KQED story? Tell me about it on Twitter. I'm at Ryan underscore L-E-V-I. And you can keep up with all of our Bay Area coverage all week long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're at KQED News. I'm Ryan Levy. Have a good week.